You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Big, big win for the Cincinnati Bengals in week 12 as they absolutely handle the Pittsburgh Steelers at Paul Brown Stadium. Unbelievable sequence of events. Got off to a fast start and never looked back, did those Bengals. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, which is the name of this show. Welcome to our post-game wrap-up. We're going to Keep it. I, I try and keep it somewhat brief um, for a number of reasons, but hey, a big win for the Bengals, a big reason for Bengals fans to celebrate. Uh, as man, like I said, they just got off to that hot start. They marched down the field, got the touchdown early, got the field goal right after that, uh, after the interception, ten nothing, and just really, really never looked back. And quite honestly, this was something that we have seen the Steelers do to the Bengals a number of of times in in the course of this rivalry. Now, what I mean by that, it's not necessarily always a 31-point game or something where it's just multiple touchdowns down, but where the Steelers just out-muscle the Bengals, where the Steelers control the lines of scrimmage, where the Steelers run the ball at will, they just make plays, they extend their drives anytime there's any semblance of life. They, um, you know, they they just seem to make it happen against the Bengals. And for the last three contests in a row, the Bengals have absolutely handled the Pittsburgh Steelers and handled them with Ryan Finley as a quarterback in one of those contests. And then, of course, the big two wins this year to complete the sweep. So we're going to get to what we normally get to in the box, uh, you know, a little bit of box score, look at the playoff. Uh, playoff picture, etc., and um, we'll we'll talk about all of that. But one thing I want to I want to note, and we'll start off on that in just a second here. Um, look, as I mentioned, the Bengals have won the past three contests, and they have done so to the tune of an eighteen point, roughly an eighteen point differential. In those wins, meaning in the last three wins, Ryan Finley, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, they have won by an average of at least 18 points uh, if you average those three scores out. That is total domination. And and this one, uh, the two this, this year have been incredibly important to the Bengals and their playoff chances. But this one today was really important based on they couldn't afford a stumble after what they achieved last week on the road against the Raiders. Um, just 
they, they couldn't afford to stumble and they didn't stumble. They came out and took care of business and did so in a very impressive way. And their two big rivals so far, the Ravens and the Steelers, they have really blasted them in three games this year. Got to like that. We're going to get to the box score in just a second. Again, I'm Anthony Gazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Hopefully you are all doing well and enjoying what we witnessed by the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major platforms as part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. And our show is part of a trio of shows, Orange is the New Black by Ace and Zim. You've got Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick. And of course, our show, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. So go subscribe on your favorite audio streamer. Leave us a review if you could. And of course, if you like what we do here at OBI, I think it's right around here. You can click that little icon there, subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live and to find out when new content is available. So let's uh, let's talk a bit about the what, what we saw today and we'll go um, we'll go with the box score here uh, on uh, ESPN in just a second here. Just want to make sure we've got this queued up correctly. So look, kind of like I said, just kind of from the jump there, it really was all all bangles. And that initial drive was just a statement drive. Um, and, and even when things didn't go their way, the Bengals were able to rebound really well right away. And, and case in point, and I want to talk about this before we get to the stat lines and, and all of that, but case in point, there was a, a, a point when the Bengals had, I believe they were up 24 to three at, at this point. And looking to drive, um, maybe to get a another field goal right before half, maybe even a touchdown. They were in good position to do so. They extended the drive, and lo and behold, there was a there was a, a really bad offensive pass interference call on Jamar Chase. Even the announcers were saying, "Wow, that's um, that's not a great call." And so, what happens? The Bengals then get in a second and twenty. And Joe Burrow tries to play a little bit of hero ball, throws throws a pass downfield, it gets intercepted. Now, really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, the game was not close at that point in time. However, when you, you kind of – it was basically a point where the Steelers could have grabbed new life, maybe got a score right before half, and then all of a sudden we're talking about a different – different trajectory of, of the game. I mean, the sequence of events, which was really bad penalty call against the Bengals to not only move them out of field goal position, but then force an interception, a bad, put them in a situation where Burrow felt like he had to force one, throws an interception. Then all of a sudden the Steelers get the ball right before halftime. We're kind of talking about a, a potentially different, a turning point in the game, really. Um, now, whether the Steelers would have made Whatever happened there, I mean, obviously that's debatable based on what their offense showed or didn't show, really, for the better part of this afternoon. But my point is, is what happens right after that? The defense steps right up. Mike Hilton gets his first pick six ever, according to him in the postgame press conference. First pick pick six ever and uh, against his old team, and he was grinning ear to ear in that in that postgame press conference. But the, the rest was kind of history from there. But 
I, you know, again, my point was my point there is, you know, the Bengals just responded well to adversity and um, look, the way the Bengals are constructed and the way the Steelers are currently constructed, this doesn't seem to be a, you know, the, the Steelers have always kind of joked and their fans have always kind of joked. This isn't a rivalry between us and the Bengals, the real rivalry is between us and the Ravens. Well, now there's sitting here looking at a three game losing streak against the Bengals. The first time in 31 years that this has occurred where the Bengals are on this such streak against the Steelers. So, um, you know, I, I think some big changes are ahead for the Steelers there, even though they're right in the thick of the playoff race. I, I didn't, I didn't expect this result today. I thought the Bengals could and would win. Um, but you know, I didn't expect this result and here we are. Uh, I mean, the Bengals now are, are seven and four and, um, really in control of what's in front of them there. They do have a, a treacherous road ahead. They've got the chargers who've been a little Jekyll and Hyde next week. Then they've got the 49ers, you know, you've got the Broncos, the chiefs, all of those games are coming down the pike here. So, um, you know, those are all teams that are, that are in slated to be in the playoffs or right outside looking in. So it's going to be a competitive uh, scrap going forward for the Bengals. <laughs> Keith Lakes here uh, giggled like a little girl when, when Hilton intercepted that one. Um, hey, uh, by the way, I, I don't know if someone can, um, uh, you know, if there's a problem with it or something, but um, I do believe for our YouTube listeners, we have super chats uh, open for you. So, um, if that's something you want to leave a comment and, and uh, do that, please give it a give it a try. We do like to show a lot of comments anyway, but um, just an added feature we have added to our YouTube channel for some of our our big and regular listeners. But regardless, good to see we've got a lot of people tuning in live. Good to see a lot of you tuning in live. My apologies also to the Facebook listeners. Unfortunately, the way. <laughs> The platform we go live and record this with StreamYard is is fantastic. However, um, there's some sort of issue with Facebook and StreamYard wherein if you don't start within a, a very short window of time of when you set the recording to start, unfortunately, you got to push back time. Well, I, I was right up against that window, started a few minutes later than I had expected. And so, um, you know, I had to push it back, but I was just ready to go. I just needed to push it back so it wouldn't delete the Facebook <laughs> feed. Anyway, long story. I apologize to Facebook listeners if you got a little confused on the time. Let's go. Let's go to the box score. Then we'll look at the playoff picture and bounce on out of here. Um, absolutely fantastic day by Joe Mixon. Uh, career day for him. And it is no coincidence. Bengals win by 31 this week. Bengals win by 19 last week. Both of these games coming out of the bye. We'll talk more about that in a second. And Joe Mixon has incredible games in both of those contests. And the, the attempts and all of that by Joe Burrow, extremely limited. That doesn't mean Joe Burrow didn't play well. Um, he's got, he's got uh, you know, a couple touchdowns and interception and a fumble loss. But he's, he's played very efficient. Now, if you look at this screen, look at uh, when I say efficient, the ball hit the ground three times for Joe Burrow. He, I mean, it, he, that's how accurate he was today uh, obviously i say that a little tongue-in-cheek because of the interception but 20 of 24 190 yards one touchdown one interception did have two sacks against him but a 96.2 rating efficient day efficient day and um you know not not the the 
huge, like I, like I said earlier, not the huge hero ball type of game that we've grown accustomed to, but these are the types of wins. If you can ride your star running back, right. And, and you have your offensive line hold up the way that they did. Uh, this is, this is kind of the way you're going to win in the postseason. Um, and, and I know a lot of people like the passing game and you're going to need timely passing. You're going to need big plays in the passing game, which were showcased today, but you're going to need to be able to be balanced on offense, run the football and control lines of scrimmage. And that's what the Bengals did today. Uh, and, and this late in the year, AFC North, a division rival that prides itself on being physical all the time in the Pittsburgh Steelers to, to be able to do this and sh- kind of show them who's boss a bit. You, you, you got to like what was, what was thrown out there, especially in that statement drive to start the game using Joe Mixon physical runs, big holes opened up by the offensive line. You can see a long of 32. Do you remember last Gosh, last year, I mean, it was like Joe Mixon long of 11, long of 12. I mean, it, it was brutal, brutal. And here you have not only him having a long of 32, but your backup running back, Chris Evans, who got time late, his long was 13. So the offensive line is playing far more improved football, as is a, a lot of others on this team in general. Brandon Allen did attempt to pass, was incomplete there. But, uh, you know, most of the Bengals players were – out of this game by early to middle of the fourth quarter. So you see Joe Mixon there, 28 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns. You got to expect that he is going to be one of the finalists, if not the winner yet again for the FedEx ground player of the week. Just a phenomenal game by Joe Mixon. Big run after big run and good reads. There were some nice holes opened up, but good reads in terms of where to cut, when to cut, which angle to take. Um, so I, I was very, very impressed. This might've been my favorite Joe Mixon game for a variety of reasons. And, uh, you know, one of his, just, just a, a banner day by, by Joe Mixon. As I mentioned, Chris Evans, five carries, 23 yards, uh, P Ryan, not much in there. Three carries, three, three yards burrow, the big eight yard gutsy scramble for the touchdown to cap off the opening drive for the touchdown. You gotta like that. And, and that was a statement right there as well by Burrow statement right there. You go to the receiving game. Uh, T Higgins stepping up and playing some nice, nice football today. T Higgins, six catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. The biggie, the 32 yarder had a couple of nice catches for, uh, that would extend drives. He had six catches on eight targets. You got to like that a workman like day, but I feel a very, very well-rounded day by Jamar chase, despite having three catches for just 39 yards. 100% in terms of receptions to targets, three of three, 39 yards. And a couple of those, well, I know one for for a fact was a screen pass that he made, uh, two of them, something out of nothing. I mean, really, the, the the block was there, but he had to kind of navigate around the block, and it seemed like that would have been a slow developing play, limited limited impact, but he he made big plays out of that. And then you saw him block early in the game. I mean, just – a really, really nice day for him. Tyler Boyd continues to remain quiet. Had an outstanding catch that unfortunately was called back on a penalty. Uh, a diving one towards the sideline, but two catches, 13 yards for him. Would have liked to have seen him uh, be, be credited with that catch because the effort level there was unbelievable. By the way, going back up to Higgins, he almost had a second touchdown. Was just, just short. They challenged the ruling there. Did not get the second touchdown, but uh, Mixon got the second touchdown there. Couple of uh, of nifty catches there for CJ Uzama, even though it's three for nine. 
P. Ryan had a catch for 12 yards. Boyd, uh, as I mentioned, two for 13. Evans had a five-yard grab. So, you know, again, you're not going to get the gaudy numbers from the wide receivers when you're throwing for 190 yards in the game. But, uh, you know, Higgins, obviously the monster of the day there. Man, what can you say about this defense? What can you say more about Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard? I mean, they are just feasting right now. Logan Wilson, uh, you know, had a couple of nice plays. There were a couple of, uh, of passes in which he was in coverage where I saw him take kind of a little bit of a, a sketchy angle. But uh, six total tackles for him, all the solo variety. Marcus Bailey got time late. BJ Hill, nice day from him. Four total tackles, had a sack, two tackles for loss. Uh, really nice day from him. Really nice day from him in a day where Larry Ogunjobi was was quiet and, uh, you know, really nice day by, by BJ Hill on the interior. Mike Hilton, the big, big pick six to absolutely ice this thing in the, in the first half. Trey Flowers getting out there, getting a little time, four total tackles. Von Bell, three tackles. Um, Michael Thomas out there, three tackles. DJ Reader, nice Nice game again from him, and we'll we'll talk about why in just a second when we look at the Najee Harris stat line. Pratt was active today. Um, you know he was he was in on some plays. I like that. Three tackles from him. Hendrickson two tackles, uh, a sack and a forced fumble. Hubbard two tackles, a sack and a fumble recovery. Uh, just those two are just feasting, feasting. Eli Apple, congrats to Eli Apple. Back to back games with an interception, playing his best, some of his best football really. Uh, of, of his career uh, had some struggles a little bit in the, in the middle of the season and, and early in the season, then had a, a kind of a good run, had a couple more struggles when the team was in that two, two game losing streak. And then here he goes on this two game winning streak, playing some good ball. And this defense is playing very, very well. Um, look, I, I, I did a winners and losers post on Cincy jungle. You can go read that right now if you'd like, but I didn't put any losers just kind of as a spoiler. If I was, and, and I don't want to single out one player, um, but if I was, Darius Phillips may have made the 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 loser list. He had a couple of, uh, I think he had a couple of decent punt returns. Yeah, so he had a 17-yarder, so that was nice. Kick returns. I don't know what he was doing on that kick return towards the end of the game. 12 yards where he was, he thought he stepped out of the end zone and then he had to take it out. And then in coverage, he gave up, uh, you know, the touchdown to Fryermuth. He gave up a big play to Chase Claypool. Not a good day from Darius Phillips, unfortunately. Really, kind of the only one I can say. Eh. I mean, there's there are a couple of other here where you can, you know, Ogan Joby, kind of a quiet day, one tackle, um, and then the backup defense in general just kind of, you know, gave up a little bit of ground there, but. Uh, that would have been the only only thing I would have, and I hate to single out one guy in this game, and but he did have a good some good moments too. Like I said, a 17 yard punt return. He had a couple of nice uh, nice ones there, but uh, other than that, man, Phillips just uh, a couple of uh, of mental errors and and lapses, and oh, he had an interception also go off his hands late in the game. So um, you know, j- just kind of a rough one for him. But I, I think also the mindset of maybe g- going into a you know, a defensive role wherein he wasn't really necessarily mentally expecting to do that. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that was, there were some rough moments on film there. Evan McPherson. Wow. Another 51 yarder, a big one, five extra points, hundred percent on the day, two of two field goals, five of five extra points, 11 total points for the rookie. Just, you know, it's, it was cold there. There was a little bit of a breeze, 51 yards and then no problem. 
No problem. That would have made it from another five plus yards. It looked like, um, so, you know, kudos to Evan McPherson, Huber, three punts on the day. One of them inside the 20, he had a pretty easy day here. So, uh, you, you gotta like that. Now on the other side, we'll kind of go a little, little more quickly here. Cause we're going, uh, going a little longer, but Roethlisberger 263, but 24 of 41, a lot of that was garbage time stuff, two interceptions, one of which was the pick six, the lost fumble, three sacks, a 65.4 rating. He is not comfortable against this Bengals defense, defensive line. He is not comfortable against these guys. And, uh, you know, the Bengals get more sacks against Ben Roethlisberger than they had of Burrow. And that was the big, if you remember, that was the big Steeler, Steeler fan uh, point of, point of arguments as to why they were going to win this one because TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith were back. Um, neither of those guys got in the sack column, seven combined tackles. We'll talk more about that in a second, but not, not really an impact from those guys, not nearly the impact that they had expected. At least look at Najee Harris, eight carries, 23 yards, a 2.9 yard per carry average with an, a long of five. There's your, you know, one of the front runners in some folks' eyes is rookie of the year. Um, you know, and then he he had, he added three catches for 14 yards. So not not a good day for him. And uh it was really, you know, the Bengals, it was more Bengals defense than him, right? I mean, it wasn't he wasn't doing much of anything lousy there. Team had only had 51 rushing yards, did the Steelers 51 rushing yards for 3.4 yards per carry. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 51 yards. Unbelievable. Deontay Johnson, your leading receiver. Again, a lot of this came in garbage time. Nine catches, 95 yards on 14 targets. Um, a lot of drops today, too, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, I think, had one. You had you had a couple of others across. I mean, it, it just not a good day for them at all. Um, and you see there the 263 passing yards on 24 completions. Schobert had 11 tackles. Um Hayward had one of the sacks. Thankfully, he didn't do the old double punch on on Burrow like he did <laughs> against Justin Herbert last week. But uh, one sack for Hayward, one sack for Chris Wormley. But you look here, T.J. Watt, two total tackles. That's it. No quarterback hits, no sacks, no tackles for loss. That's it. Uh, Alex Highsmith, a little bit more productive game. He did have two tackles for loss, but five total tackles. So, uh, look, I mean, those guys were just not, not factors. They were not the factors that they were supposed to give, uh, be for the Steelers and, and provide the boost that they were supposed to do in this game. So that is a big, big telling point of what is what what transpired today let's look at a couple of other things here um let's look at the team stats i think this will this will really open some eyes if you look at the team stats we'll go we'll go through this pretty quickly here this again is courtesy of espn uh, i like their box score layout a little bit more i, I don't know i like nfl.com too but uh, i don't know maybe i'm just spoiled i don't know here you go though First down, 16 to 25. That was far more lopsided until the, the end of the game there. And, and garbage time, Bengals, backups in. That was far more lopsided. You see there they had more passing first downs. Look at the rushing first downs. One for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They ran for a first down 
one time. Bengals ran it for a first down 13 times. Got a first down from penalty. Uh, Third down efficiency. Steelers were 7 of 13. Again, that improved late. They were not that great at it up to that point. Bengals not great themselves, 5 of 11, but they were 1 of 1 on fourth down. Here you go. Total plays. Again, that was completely lopsided for a while until the end of the game there. Yard, same deal, 370 for the Bengals, 301 for the Steelers. And then if you look at uh, where's it? Look at the rushing yards, 198 to 51. Unbelievable. Uh, pretty low penalized game. Bengals kept their cool. There were a couple of couple of scenarios wherein they, you know, uh, TJ Watt could have been flagged on the on the interception against Joe Burrow. He's getting a little rough with him and grabbing him by the shirt and kind of tossing him to the ground uh, on a block situation. I guess if you want to call that blocking. Uh, and uh, there was another penalty late in the game where Claypool ripped off the helmet of Darius Phillips, and uh, he was on the sideline. He kind of came after Claypool, and he had to be subdued by, um, you know, a couple of his teammates there, but uh, a penalty against Claypool on Phillips there, and so the Bengals really limited the damage. Three penalties, 18 yards, and one of which was a holding penalty against Trey Hill, um, who came in later for Trey Hopkins, who left the game. Um, it looked like he got rolled up on at one point, but I also believe that just where the game was at that point in time that Zach Taylor and company were saying, we're going we're gonna to start getting some of these guys out of here. And then, of course, the turnovers, the big deal. Time of possession, 35 minutes and 20 seconds for the Bengals, 24 minutes, 40 seconds for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just lopsided, lopsided in favor of the Bengals. And you got to like that. And um, look, I mean, like I said, the Bengals got off to a very, very, very hot start in this game and never looked back. Could have been even worse if the Bengals actually capitalized properly on that Eli Apple interception uh, or if he had ran almost he was so close to running it in. Um, if they if that was a touchdown instead of a field goal, this this could have been even more of a boat race. So uh, this this is a really big game for this year and really long-term for this rivalry because there's a lot of talk about Ben Roethlisberger being washed up and all of that. We've seen other instances just last week where he ended up playing well. The team ended up coming back against the Chargers, came up short, but, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was a situation where, you know, you kind of said, man, these, these Steelers won't die. This, this might have been the coffin nail for him. I don't want, you know, I don't want to look back on this four weeks from now and, and be like, Oh boy, I wish I didn't say that, but this, um, not, not long-term necessarily, but I think, you know, there, there is, there is a rebuild around the corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is for sure. You know, quarterback's going to need to be addressed in the next year or two. Um, I still really, really think, uh, I really, admire what coach Tomlin has achieved as an NFL head coach. I don't know that he's necessarily the problem. I think they're just devoid in areas where, wherein they've been very, very talented for a long time. And that's just uh, kind of evident as to what we saw on Sunday, you know, their quarterback play was, was below average. It hasn't been that, that same way all year. It's been above average at times, but in these two games in particular, it's been below average and uh, it's, it really cost them. So their offensive line is not 
not what it once was. And that's evident, very evident. So here we are now. The Bengals are seven and four. Pittsburgh is five, four, and one. Uh, <laughs> ironically, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a Steelers head coach. And here we are in a game where a season where 17 games will be played. So what are they going to go eight, eight and one and be <laughs> completely 500. So he doesn't, uh, he didn't, he still doesn't get that losing season. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, the Bengals remaining schedule, as I mentioned, they've got, they've got a lot of different playoff type teams coming up here. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we look at the playoff picture, they probably need to get to double digit wins in order to comfortably get into the playoffs. Now things may sort itself out. There is a game coming up as we record this on, on Sunday evening between the Ravens and the Browns, very, very important game in terms of what the lay of the land and what the playoff standings will look like. But um, you know, they're, uh, there's a lot of lot to foot a lot of football to be played and uh the Bengals are look coming out of the bye right we were what what is this team can't figure out this team they've had a couple of wins that were big blowout wins at that point a couple of wins that were really tight and a couple of losses where you go what the hell happened in that game and so then they go into the bye they come out of it it was a little rocky to begin the game against the Raiders. We knew that was going to be a tough game anyway, but all of a sudden with about five, six minutes left in that game, that becomes starts to become a blowout. This one was never close. And so now we kind of are feeling pretty good about where the Bengals are, what they achieved in that bye week, and really just the direction of the team. And what's, what's neat about this truly is, and in, in the the first the, the the first part of the season, it was a lot of a lot of defense and a lot of Jamar Chase. And now, the, as teams kind of said, oh, you know, we're going to take away Chase, or we're going to attempt to take away Chase, and the defense was maybe a little tired. The defense was maybe getting schemed against pretty well. Then you go into the bye, and the Bengals said, "Look, we're going to recommit to the running game." We're going we're gonna to do things differently on defense, and we're going to get back to the basics on defense. And we're going to beat you with Joe Mixon, timely passing, whether that is to Chase or whomever, and, and beat you that way. And so there are a lot of similarities as to how they're winning games in these last two since the bye compared to how they started the season. But there are also quite a, quite a bit of differences. Mixon was a factor early. There's no doubt about it. But these last two games, he has been an absolute monster. And this offensive line has started to gel a bit. Hakeem Adeniji in the lineup there. Um, you're using Isaiah Prince and jumbo packages more and more. And, and that's paving the way for, for some nice games for Joe Mixon. So you, you got to – you gotta tip your cap to the Bengals coaching staff and say, you know, they basically said, we're going to, we're going to tweak some things. We're going to do some things that we're still doing uh, that we were doing that were successful, but we're going to, we're going to tweak things a little bit. And here we are. I mean, Burrow, what 149 yards passing last week, 190 this week. I mean, he usually, you combine those two games. He he usually gets in a lot of times has that in one game, those two, those two totals. Right. So it, they're just beating you differently, and that's a sign of a good team. 
It's a sign of a good team. And yeah, Scott Knight says, how about my hometown, hometown guy, T Higgins? He was, he was the guy this week in the, in the passing game. It was largely chase, you know, you had Uzama a couple of games, Higgins, you know, he had a couple of plays early, but he, he was a monster today, total monster. So you gotta, you gotta tip your cap to the Bengals and say, you know, they, they've changed things and now they're doing things differently to be able to beat really and, and beat different teams, different ways. Right. I mean, they, they are scheming against specific teams in certain ways here. Now this is scheduled to change. This is on NFL.com scheduled, scheduled to potentially change based on what happens tonight with the Ravens and the Browns. But as we sit here Sunday afternoon slash early evening, Baltimore Ravens are the one seed at seven and three and atop the AFC North. The Patriots won today. They beat the Titans eight and four. They are first in the AFC East. The Titans lose to the Patriots. They fall a spot. They are first in the AFC South. So Mike Vrabel loses to Bill Belichick, his old mentor, and uh, I guess nemesis. The Chiefs, seven and four, first in the AFC West. They have a bye week right now. We've got some other games ensuing as well including the Chargers and the Broncos. That is big for playoff implications. The Bengals leapfrog the Bills, even though the Bills won on Thanksgiving night against the, the Saints. The Bengals leapfrog them at 7-4. and four, four. If the playoffs ended today, they are in the 5 seed. The Bills are in the 6 seed. Chargers are currently in the 7th seed. Again, uh, I haven't looked earlier when I was getting set up. The Chargers were losing 14 to nothing to the Broncos. I haven't checked the score quite yet there. Raiders with a big win over the Cowboys. They get right back in the thick of things. The Browns are right there as well at six and five. Big game tonight against the Ravens. Colts lose today a heartbreaker to the Buccaneers. A wild game, wild game, 38-31 in that one. Uh, so they fall to the 10th seed. The Steelers lose. They are down to the 11th seed at five, five, and one. You've got your Broncos at five and five. Um, in the 12th seed again, taking on and hosting the Chargers. And then on the NFC side, you've got the Cardinals, um, the Packers, and the Rams, I believe, are currently playing. So that's another one to keep an eye on. But the Packers currently are the two seed. Cardinals are the one seed. Packers are the two seed at eight and three. Buccaneers at eight and three. I mentioned they pulled off that wild win against the Colts. The Cowboys are seven and four. Tough loss for them on Thanksgiving night. The Rams playing the Packers, I mentioned right now, seven and three as the fifth seed. Vikings five and five. All of a sudden, they are playing the seventh seed. That was tied earlier uh, earlier today. I think also the I saw maybe the Vikings uh, went up on the Niners, but I, I have to double check. Haven't been keeping as close just during setup and whatnot for the show. But um, Vikings the sixth seed playing the Niners the seventh seed, and then you've got the Falcons there at five and six. Uh, Saints at five and six, Eagles at five and seven. Um, so they uh, did the Eagles lose today? I think they did. I think they lost to the Giants there, um, which was a little bit of a shocker. But uh, that's your playoff picture at this point. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals are your five seed, the top wild card in this uh, in the playoff picture right now. So that was a big win for a lot of reasons. And this is now where I think we're going to start seeing things sort out a little bit. We've had this big traffic jam, particularly in the AFC. And now these teams, for lack of better words, are going to be kind of cannibalizing each other because they go head to head. And so these teams are going to be beating each other. And, and all of a sudden you're going to start seeing some of these teams that were around 500, all that kind of stuff. They're going to start falling away. And hopefully some of these others, including the Bengals, start pulling away 
and make their playoff case. But there's no doubt about it. The Bengals have the Chargers next week. They are in the thick of it, as you saw. They have the 49ers. They are in the thick of it. They have the Chiefs. They have uh, another one against the Browns. I I don't have the order potentially correct here, but they've got another one against the Browns. That's the, the season ender. Uh, they have another one against the Ravens. That one is at Paul Brown Stadium. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, they've got, including these, including uh, the one today, I believe, if you're looking at the seven games, I believe five of them are at home for the for the Bengals. They've got the Niners at home. They've got the Ravens at home. They had the Steelers at home, Chiefs at home and the Chargers at home. And they've got the Broncos on the road and the Browns on the road. So look, uh, they are largely in control of their destiny and they are, this is, this was my takeaway today. They are now, I mean, they were playing some good ball earlier at certain points earlier this season, especially when they were five and two and you like that Ravens win and everything. Right. I, I would argue that even though it's a two-game sample size, coming out of the bye, back half of the schedule, you're playing your best football right now if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. May not be as pretty as bombs away to Jamar Chase. It may not be as necessarily as, as watchable in some ways, but it's good defense. It's getting after the passer. It's steady offensive line play. Not necessarily outstanding, but steady offensive line play. And running the football. And what is running the football do? It allows you and Joe Burrow to have a little more time in that pocket. It allows you to execute more timely passing, hit these shorter and intermediate routes with higher accuracy, and a little more spacing. If you notice, there was a little more space for the wide Bengals wide receivers today and some of these other tight windows. And then, of course, the Bengals and some of their best players improve upon some things that they weren't really doing well this year. And I'm talking mostly to the wide receivers in contested catch situations. T Higgins was excellent today at that. And there's no better example than that jump ball touchdown catch that he had in the second quarter. If you go back to that second quarter, that's the T Higgins quarter. I mean, he absolutely thrashed the Steelers in that quarter. And now, if you start to see these things start coalescing, you start to see some of these things, these these areas that they were deficient in, they start to be a little bit better. Not necessarily outstanding, but even if you're improving on some of those areas, look out. Look out, because this team this team can do some things. And they, they have proven at this point uh, that they can play with and or beat anybody. Really. If you look at the Green Bay Packers game, lost in deep into overtime and really should have won that one, but they lost to the Packers. We're with them neck and neck. They've already pounded the Ravens. They've already pounded the Steelers twice, right? I mean, they are able to play with a lot of teams in this league. Now there are teams that provide terrible matchup problems. The Cleveland Browns, interestingly, are one of those. They, they seemed, and we haven't seen the Bengals play the Cardinals. So that's, that's an interesting one. Same thing with, with the Niners. Uh, last time we saw the Niners play the Bengals, that was a, a, a disaster, but obviously different team now. So there may be a couple of teams that provide different matchup issues and just may not be a good matchup draw for the Bengals. But we have seen them play with and or beat 
a lot of good teams this year. Vikings, right? Uh, I mean, Steelers twice, like I mentioned. The Ravens, they're right there. Green Bay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta respect what what they've built here. You gotta respect what they've built here. We're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna get out of here. I've got a, a family event coming up here. It's my son's first birthday party, my younger son, and uh, so I got to get going and try and be a dutiful guy and uh, help out a little bit more coming up here but hey great win for the Bengals. gotta gotta like the direction wherein this team is heading and uh you know things could change here and there but if the Bengals win basically half of the remaining games on their regular season season schedule they should be in they should be in the playoffs that uh, the magic t- number right now seems to be 10 you definitely want to get to nine uh nine doesn't really guarantee you much there but uh 10 should should get you in and it seems as if that's attainable. Really does. Really does. So, hey, everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Keep an eye on that Sunday night game tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Week 12 postgame show. Cincinnati absolutely dominates the Pittsburgh Steelers at Paul Brown Stadium. If you were at that game, I am jealous. Hope you had a rocking time there regardless. But Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great week coming up. We've got more on our show, Happening Headlines, our usual Wednesday show, listener questions live, all kinds of different stuff on the Orange and Black Insider. And I know Ace and Zim have a lot of stuff coming up on Orange is the New Black, and Matt Minnick will have a lot for you on Coach Speak and Chalk Talk, all part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. And as usual, you can get all your news, opinions, analysis, and more at cincyjungle.com. And uh, so keep it there. I've got one more thing to get to before we hop out of here. And you all probably are waiting for it. I, I, I don't know why it hasn't been talked about quite yet, but Symbol, our, our partnership with Symbol. And you go to Symbol.com slash OBI. And Symbol is where you can buy shares of teams like it's the stock market. You can either use long-term investment, short-term plays, what have you, to make yourself some money, whether it's with the Cincinnati Bengals or another team or another sport. You can go to symbol.com slash OBI, and if you use the promo code OBI, you get a 90-day money-back guarantee protection plan that that saves you up to 500 bucks. So if you go in there and deposit your money and kind of tinker around with it, Symbol is so confident that you will be successful on their platform that they will protect up to $500 of your money and refund it up to 90 days if you're in there and for some reason you are not successful or you're dissatisfied with the product or what have you. That's how confident they are. But you got to go to symbol.com slash OBI. You got to use the promo code OBI to take advantage of this and have some fun, make some money whether it's on the Cincinnati Bengals or another team, regardless. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend, what's left of it. And, of course, have a great uh, week coming up here. We'll talk to you soon.